Many years ago, I was at lunch with a friend, and during the course of the meal, I began to talk to my friend about another mutual acquaintance of ours, and I began to talk about this acquaintance in less than glowing terms. Uh, I began to gossip about our mutual acquaintance, Uh, some things that this acquaintance had done that I felt were wrong toward me, some things I didn't like about this person's personality and their sense of organization and just their life in general. And I, I went on like this for a while while my friend listened. And after a few minutes, I became aware of a presence standing behind me. You know who it was. It was the person I was talking about. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. But if it has, there are a number of feelings that probably went through your mind that I know went through my mind right at that moment. How much did he hear? Maybe he just walked up. Maybe he didn't hear all of this. But I also felt this deep sense of humiliation, uh, partly because I was gossiping, but only partly. Largely because I was humiliated. Uh, Because even in that moment, still, instead of thinking about how the other person might have felt to hear me saying those things, I was thinking about myself and embarrassed that my sin was out on display. I was ashamed of my sin, but I was embarrassed more that somebody else saw my sin. Now, the reason I, I mention that tonight is because, first of all, you have likely been in a scenario like that in your life where you did something wrong and you knew it was wrong and yet it was in the dark, at least as far as you knew. You were hiding it in the dark. But somehow it was brought out into the light. Right? To your shame, to your embarrassment and your frustration. Now, I want you for a moment to uh, kind of latch on to that negative feeling that you had, and then expand it. And imagine for just a minute that it wasn't one instance of sin, but all of them. That everything you ever thought about or said or did that was sinful was brought to light. Every time you lied, every time you cheated on a test, every time you were angry with your family, unrighteously. Every time you thought about or looked at another person in a lustful way, every time you were filled with pride, every time you were full of greed, every time at work you did not do what you were supposed to do. Every single sin on display. Imagine that instead of a video of the cross this evening, we played a video of all of your transgressions. How would you feel? Well, most likely you would want to crawl in a hole, leave town, and never come back. Now, the reason I bring that up this evening is because the reality is that before God, that's exactly our position. Before God, before the creator of the universe, that's exactly our position. He has the tape. There's nothing that's in the dark that he has not seen. There's nothing that you or I have done that he's unaware of. And as we stand before God, and one day we will in fact stand before God, everything will come to light. And apart from the intervention of God, the penalty for everything that we do is death. Not just Death in a grave, but eternal death, eternal separation from God. 
And so we stand in this position before God where apart from his intervention, we will die forever, separated from God in hell. And yet what we reflect upon and give thanks for tonight is that God did intervene. I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah was a prophet who wrote hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus Christ and yet talked about the Savior who was coming. Isaiah chapter 53 says, For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of parched ground. He had no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearer, so he did not open his mouth. His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence nor was there any deceit in his mouth. God's son, Jesus Christ, did nothing wrong. If you played the tape of his life this evening, there'd be nothing wrong, no sin, no pride, no lies, no greed, nothing that you could say he deserves condemnation. And in the mercy of God, in our sin, God's perfect son died For us. He took the penalty for us. Peter, writing many hundreds of years later, the Apostle Peter would say, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. So that why? So that we could die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds we are healed. Peter said, Jesus is the one that Isaiah wrote about, who stood in front of the penalty of eternal death and willingly took our judgment and our death. We call this Good Friday, but the reality is that for those who first lived through it, it didn't feel like a good day. Because Jesus was the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. And yet on Friday afternoon, they buried him in a rich man's tomb. And it was a bad day for them. But we call it Good Friday because on that day, the weight of our sin fell on our Savior instead of on us. And so that's what we reflect upon tonight. Even as we grieve over the weight of our sin. We celebrate the death of Christ on our behalf. And we know the rest of the story that we celebrate on Sunday. But this evening we want to take some time. Both to acknowledge before God that we're in need of salvation. 
that apart from his intervention, we are dead in our sin. But because of Jesus Christ, we can have life. All who believe in Jesus Christ, all who trust in him will have eternal life. Anybody who has not yet trusted in Jesus this evening, that's the message of the cross. That's what we sing about tonight is you can know you have eternal life. You can know that all of your sins will be forgiven forever if you trust in Jesus. Because he died so that we would die to sin and live to righteousness forever with God. Some men and women are going to come up on the stage now and they're going to share some words of truth about their own lives and how they themselves were dead in sin, but because of the death of Christ, they found life in him. I was a slave to the fear of never being good enough, dead in my sin. But because of Christ's death, I'm set free. I was a slave to self-loathing, dead in my sin. But because of Christ's death, I am set free. I was a slave to my addiction to Adderall, dead in my sin. But because of Christ's death, I am set free. I was a slave to my pride, dead in my sin. But because of Christ's death, I am set free. I was a slave to self-doubt, dead in my sin. Because of Christ's death, I am set free. I was a slave to unforgiveness, dead in my sin, but because of Christ's death, I am set free. I was a slave to sexual sin, dead in my sin, but because of Christ's death, I am free. I was a slave to control, dead in my sin, but because of Christ's death, I am set free. I was a slave to false security not seeing my need for forgiveness for over 44 years, dead in my sin. But because of Christ's death, I am set free. Now we want to take a moment for each of us where we are to reflect upon our sin, to confess our sin to the one who set us free at the cost of his own life. So we're going to have a minute of silence in the room. And right where you are, just bow your head and spend some time reflecting upon the death that comes from your own sin and the gracious gift of Jesus and thanking him for it. We're going to take communion this evening as we continue to remember the sacrifice of Christ. And the way we're going to take communion is a little bit different tonight. At the back of the room, there are four stations where you'll be able to partake of communion. There are men and women who will serve communion when you get back there. And so as you are ready, go down the side aisles of the room partake of communion and then come back to your seat using those side aisles as well. There's no particular system for what order we go in, just when you feel it's the right time. As we prepare to go back, allow me to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26. 
Paul wrote, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.